Greetings to those who watch below. In preparing for today's video, I was contacted by AsiaGhosts.com, a website that compiles all manner of Asian paranormal encounters. So I thought what better than to share some of the stories I discovered with all of you. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that you can check out using the link in the description box. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Wade, Julie B, Just Black Curtain, Christina Groves, LT Punisher 666, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, and The Real CFED 22. If you haven't already, also please make sure to subscribe to the channel and click on that notification bell so that you never miss a video. Also, if you want another volume of these stories, make sure to hit that like button. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. My Window I've been living in this flat since 2001, and currently things are going well. But I remember from the early stages of living here, the many disturbances we got from the tenants who may have been here much longer than us. We live on the third floor, and my bedroom is on one end of the flat. My room has a window that faces a playground, and during the day it all looks good, with sounds of children from a nearby kindergarten playing. But one of the nights, a few months after we moved in, I saw something really odd that I cannot explain to this day. It wasn't midnight or at some early hour in the morning, but at around 8pm, right after we had finished dinner, and I was going to my room to collect some dirty clothes. I walked into my room very briskly and was aware that there was a kind of wind or force. It was like I walked into netting or smoke or something. I was perplexed and stood in the middle of my room. I looked around as I collected my clothes. Eventually, my eyes spotted something black and shiny right outside my window. At the ledge, I could see the inky black of the top of someone's head. I can still remember seeing hair, the parting, the scalp. It was like a person was literally outside my window, and I could see the top of his or her head. There were no hands grasping the windowsill or anything, just one head with black hair. Amazingly, I just walked out. I wasn't scared, but just kept thinking, how strange. Today, whenever I think back, the hairs on my neck just stand up. I still stay in the same room, and my bed is right under the window. I've received no other disturbances from the black-haired head, but it was something I suspect is related to another incident. It was a few weeks after we moved in, some of our things were still unpacked, but I remember feeling very excited, because the renovators were finally done and my room was finally complete. I was enjoying the privacy of my new room. One night, as I was sleeping, I just happened to wake up. As I was trying to get back to sleep, I noticed one of our rolled up carpets behind my door. I thought nothing of it, until I realised the carpet was too tall. It spanned the floor to ceiling. And then I wondered why my mother chose to place the carpet there. It was dark, and I was still groggy from being awakened, but I remember feeling quite annoyed that my room was chosen to store an ugly thing in. Then, from the side of the rolled up carpet, I saw the distinct movement of an arm. One hand was placed on one elbow, and then the arm moved, until both hands were clasped in each other. It was only then 
that I truly saw that the carpet was not rolled up. It wasn't a carpet at all, but a very long and tall, thin being standing in the corner behind my door. It had no face, although I could remember its arms and thin legs, and its slight movement, like breathing or swaying. I eventually go back to sleep. Similarly, I did not feel afraid, only after some time later when I actually thought about it. My mother said that the house actually had guardians, and I probably saw one of them. Amazingly, she also got each room blast, and without the kids realising, all our doors and windows have small stickers of prayer. That black-haired head was probably trying to get in, but could not because of both guardians and the prayers stuck onto every window. Eventually, it probably just settled on my window, being the furthest window in the house. So far, I have had no more disturbances, but ours is just one flat in a block of many other blocks, and I have seen some weird happenings and events in this cluster of blocks that even the town council cannot or will not address properly. So it's not so much that these blocks are for people to live in. Over time, these spaces and rooms also collect their own share of residents, those that choose to either reveal themselves to us or leave us alone. Unwelcome Company Back in 2008, my childhood friend and I went on a camping trip that was organised deep in the forested area of Malaysia. Initially, I was absolutely thrilled for the camp, knowing that we would finally be able to share the same tent without our parents, but seeing that I was having my time of the month, I was unquestionably dreading the trip. We left Singapore in the late afternoon and reaching the campgrounds around midnight that same day. I was exhausted from the drive and having back pain. All I wanted to do was go to bed. Our camp advisor briefly briefed us for a short while and sent us off to the registration area to collect our items and then go off to our tent straight after. Our sleeping quarters were located on top of a hill on the right side of the road, so we had to climb an extremely steep flight of stairs to get there, while the activity ground, canteen and registration area was toward the left side of the road. We reached our tent and slept peacefully for the first day. That second day, that's when things started to get a little weird. I was feeling uneasy for most of the day, especially when I was alone. Eventually, I passed it off as me being overly emotional, seeing as I was having the time of the month. At around 7pm, the sky started to get extremely dark, and my friend asked me to accompany her back to our tent to get something. Seeing that it was already dark, I wasn't about to ask her to go alone, so I accompanied her. As we walked along the road and toward the staircase, that was when I felt it again. That same uneasiness, and it was stronger this time around. I decided not to voice my feelings, as I didn't want to scare my friend. She was walking in front of me, and I was behind her, as the staircase only allowed enough room for one person on each step. As we were climbing up the steps, I felt a presence on my right side. My breathing started to get shallower, and I immediately knew that something was definitely wrong, and that we were being watched. By who or what, I didn't know. I kept my cool and kept my sights on the staircase. Slowly, my peripheral vision started to grow dark, 
and the right side of my body felt hot, and the left cold. I could feel someone breathing down on the right side of my face, like whoever it was was just a few centimetres away from my face. Out of the blue, my friend stopped, and she turned around. She screamed, Lie, there's something beside you, there's something beside you. Right after she said that, I immediately felt the feeling of being watched leave me, and I turned around and saw the plants moving slightly, as if someone had just left the scene in a hurry. There was no wind at the moment to even debunk it, so I turned towards my friend and asked her to move and make her way inside our tent without saying anything else. Once we were inside the tent, she kept on repeating that she saw something while we were climbing the stairs. I tried to calm her down, but what she said next sent chills down my bones. Like, there was something there. I saw it. It was huge and black and perched on top of a rock. It had glowing red eyes and it was staring right at you. I told her, I know, I felt it. But knowing that this is a forested area, I decided not to acknowledge its existence. Thank God our tent mate showed up a few minutes later. We left our tent after taking what's needed for the next activity and went back to the activity ground. As we were climbing down the same staircase, I realised one thing. The rock that my friend was talking about wasn't there. It wasn't there at all. St. Michael Apo. This encounter happened in St. Michael Ipo, my alma mater. St. Michael is a very old school, and here is a little of its history. Built in 1912 by a group of Catholic missionaries, this awesome looking building was the Japanese headquarters for the Perak state during the Japanese occupancy back in World War II. Therefore, it served as a base of countless torturing, killing, and massacre. Decades after Japanese occupancy ended, it is now a beautiful school with a gothic structure. However, the building has many dark stories behind her grand-looking appearance. St. Michael has a ground floor and three upper floors. The third floor is said to be the most haunted, the floor with the chapel. It was said to be haunted by a little girl in a yellow dress. She was supposedly a victim during World War II. This encounter happened in 2005, when I was 14 years old. In the late evening, less than an hour before the last school bell rang. I was in class, very near to the mosque, which was on the third floor too, attending the last class of the day. Adjacent to my class was another classroom, and this class was actually right next to the mosque. The classroom was big, and it was partitioned into two, by a wooden block with a transparent mirror in the middle. Apparently, whatever happened in one partition can be viewed from the other. I remember that evening was windy and cloudy. That class was being taught by a Malaysian lady teacher, and the number of students was small. The class went on as usual until the teacher stopped teaching and looked straight into the transparent mirror. Looking pale and frightened, she tried to hold herself together, not letting out a scream, which might cause a chaotic scene. She was looking at something that terrified her. The awkward pause lasted for some time, which caused the students to be curious. Almost all of the students turned their heads and looked into the direction she was looking, at the mirror. Please note that the other partition was empty. A few students saw it too, 
and turned right back to what they were doing, looking pale and shivering. However, most of the students, including me, didn't see a thing. I believe the teacher and those few students must have run out of luck on that particular day. The teacher tried to be strong and pretended not to see what she saw and continued the lesson. As the class was about to end, she decided to call it off early and rushed out of the class, straight to the staff room, grabbing all her things and speeding off. The students were puzzled and left the room. The truth was revealed when the few students who saw it told them what had happened. It seemed like when the teacher was teaching, she saw a little girl in yellow through the mirror, walking from the entrance to the wall and back to the entrance again, repeatedly. When the girl noticed she was able to see her, she stopped right in front of the mirror, staring back at her, furiously. Then, in view of the students, she vanished into thin air. The very next day, the teacher was off from school with a high fever and wasn't in for several days after. Haunted St. John's Island I had my secondary school camp at St. John's Island, Singapore. A few things happened to my friends and schoolmates. We had an all-important night walk. A camp full of girls walking around at night without streetlights is never a good idea. I'm not too sure how many campsites there are on St. John's Island, but ours was situated near the beach in a patch of forested area. So imagine a whole cohort of teenage girls with torches, in pairs in an orderly line, with a scattering of teachers in the front and back. We were led up into the forest, up a very small hill. Apparently, there was a cemetery inside or something. It was too dark to see anyway. And along the way, before we entered the mouth of the forest, there were screams saying that girls were fainting at the back of the line, some girls were lost, all that stuff. So we stopped at the entrance to the forest, doing head counts and whatnot. Me and my partner were in the middle of the line, holding hands and scaring each other with the torch. Suddenly, this curious scene caught my eye. It was about 150 to 200 meters away from where I was standing. A line of young students were passing by our line perpendicularly. The only problem was, I could only see the bottom half of their bodies crossing and passing through my schoolmates in front. At first, I thought it was just to trick the lights from the torches, but when the teacher at the front of our line shone towards our direction, I could see the light passing through the figures. I froze. I grabbed my partner's hand tightly. It was a good 10 to 15 minutes of seeing the figures pass through, before a sudden scream from a girl in front had us all dashing down that hill in terror. We finally got back in line and resumed our journey into the forest. The thing is, even after all the commotion and chaos, the line of students crossing our line perpendicularly was still there and walking. So when it came to my partner and I heading toward the line, I told her to stop when I squeezed her hand and to walk when I say go. I let one of the spectral girls pass first before doing a quick step across their path. The rest of the night walk continued with no interruption. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I do hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you'd like a second part to this video, make sure to leave a like. Also, I'd like to say thank you to AsiaGhost.com for letting me know about the website and a whole new untapped vein of paranormal encounters. So, until next time, sleep tight. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.